Happy New Year. Jesus is still on the throne. Want to know how I know? Heard from him this morning. Heard from him this morning. He's still on the throne. As you're making your way back to your seats, a couple of items to keep in mind that are coming up. The first one I'll put up on the screen. Uh, Elevate, our young adult ministries, is celebrating 10 years next weekend. It's been really cool to see uh, the growth happen in that community and in that ministry. And uh, it's all been because of, of, of your support. You as a church said it's important for young adults to have a space and to have an opportunity to lend their hands towards ministry. So we're excited to celebrate 10 years of Elevate coming up this next week. Uh, we've invited Pastor Albert Handel back. He's going to be speaking for all three services, uh, guest speaker for us. And then in the evening, this is January 13th, next Sabbath, 6 p.m. right out here in the South parking lot. Uh, we're going to have some food trucks and I think some hot chocolate and s'mores and a good time. Uh, and there might be some t-shirts and some other good merch, Pastor Anthony, right? Uh, the Elevate Lead team's been planning a fantastic time. So we invite you to come out. We're spending the whole day celebrating what God has done through Young Adult Ministries right here in Keene. Uh, it started just as an idea and a couple people meeting in an upper room. Literally, it was just kind of back in our Sabbath school complex, second floor, tiny room, and it has grown into a thriving community today. So we want to take a weekend to pause and thank God. And I want to thank you, church at large, for making space for our young adults to lean into leadership. I uh, really appreciate the, the visionary mindset that we've had towards that. The second thing I want to share with you this morning is an update on our Christmas tree offering. Uh, we're going to pump the brakes on these a little bit. I mean, unless you just keep, you know, giving, which we want you to. But, uh, you know, we've been singing the same song every week as we get up. But here's the, the, the really cool thing about the Christmas tree offering. I'll put the numbers up that I shared last week. That $56,752.15, 113%, 19% of the way there. Uh, here's what it jumped to between last week and this week. We'll go ahead and put those up, numbers up on the screen. Yeah, $80,452. And there's more that's come in since these numbers were tallied that puts us at, for our goal for December, at 161% funded. I say, praise God. What do you say? And that also means that we are over a quarter of the way, almost a third of the way, towards our $300,000 goal for renovating our community impact center. I, God has been so good and he's been so faithful. Thank you for participating and partnering in this project. And we'll go to the, the next numbers. Remember, I'll remind you of the kind of levels that we're looking to achieve. We're almost at the second funding level. I, it, it's just amazing to see how this has just come in ways and you've been fantastic at it. And uh, we'll be sharing in a couple of weeks. We're not ready for it this week, but in a couple of weeks, there's been a matching pledge given towards this challenge. And uh, we're going to be unveiling that in a couple of weeks. And that matching challenge with your help, it'll be kind of a, a one for two. You give $1, it'll turn into two. Hopefully we can get past this next funding level and even into and beyond the next funding level. So we'll be sharing that in a couple of weeks, but I just want to share with you about the goodness of God in this project over the past couple of weeks. And I think the thing I'm most excited about is that coming a week from tomorrow on January 14, you have the opportunity for you to donate not only your treasure, but your time and your talents. And we can teach you how to swing a hammer, okay? Sunday, January 14, from 9 to 1 at the Community Impact Center. That's 219 West 4th Street, right here in Keene. 
Yep, there it is. You'll have the opportunity to help us rip up some carpet, pull drywall off the wall, and begin to prep the interior of the house for the renovations that we're going to be doing. If you've got some tools that will lend towards ripping up carpet and taking down drywall, go ahead and bring those. We're going to provide lunch and some safety equipment for you and also some other tools. Uh, but come anytime between nine and one. If you've only got a couple hours, it's fantastic. You want to be there the whole time. Uh, but we want to give you the opportunity not only to see the house, but to lend your hand to its work. So I look forward to seeing you there next Sunday. With that being said, let's roll our intro video and dive into God's word. hope and pray all of those are true for you. And we begin today with this truth. The greatest gift is a need met before necessity arises. The greatest gift is a need met before necessity arises. And those observing in the room recognize that I've got something else in my hands now. This, uh, you're kind of probably wondering, like, what's he going to do with that, right? Uh, This is a four-way lug wrench. And uh, got all kinds of different you know, lug adapters on it. You can kind of torque down some lugs in your wheel. And this is one of the greatest gifts I've ever received. And it was Christmas of 2011. I've had it for a number of years now. And I got it right as I got my first vehicle. My dad said, hey, you might need this someday. And I said, thanks, dad. I hope I never do, right? You never want to use it, but it's better to have and, or need and not have than to have and than to not need and have. So uh, I didn't I didn't say that one right. Let me just. It's better to have, better to need. No, better have and not need than to need and not have. Thank you. Whew. Yeah, appreciate that. Appreciate that. So, anyways, he gave it to me, and I didn't realize at the time. Thank you for your help, by the way, in participating. I'm, uh, anyways, uh, he gave it to me and I didn't quite realize at the time how good of a gift it was. In fact, it was a really great gift. And perhaps you've received one of those gifts before. Somebody's given something to you and it's come at exactly the right time. You're like, I, that is perfect. Or maybe the gift has come. You're like, what in the world am I going to do with that? And then a couple days, a couple weeks, a couple months later, you realize You've received the perfect gift. In the same way, Jesus came to his disciples in an upper room with some instruction before he went to the cross and the tomb, and he gave his disciples a gift. And that day when I received this gift for Christmas, thanks, Dad, appreciate it, 
I didn't realize the impact it would have on my lives. The same concept when Jesus gives the gift that he's about to give to his disciples in the upper room, they have no idea what this gift is going to do in their lives. And it's the greatest gift because it's a gift that meets a need before the necessity arises. And we pick up the story today in John chapter 14, verse 16. John chapter 14. We'll be in John chapter 14, 15, and 16 this morning if you want to follow along in your Bibles. It says, I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. Jesus mentions to his disciples that he's going to be going away for a while, but he's leaving someone behind that will be a blessing and a gift to them. I will give you another advocate. That word there, the New Living Translation has chosen to term advocate. In Greek is the word paraclete. Paraclete. Can everybody say paraclete? Yeah, you got it. First church says parakeet, but you know, you paraclete. You got to sneak the L in there. And Bible translators would take that word paraclete and translate it as advocate, guide, helper, sometimes comforter. And the word literally means one called alongside in order to provide help. It's what Jesus was for those early disciples, one who was walking beside them along the way. And Jesus says, in my absence, I'm going to send someone to you that will walk beside you in order to provide help help. And notice he says it's another advocate. They've already known Jesus as an advocate or a guide or a helper or a comfort, but now they will begin to know the Holy Spirit who is fulfilling a parallel role to that of Christ. So this morning, I'd like to spend a little bit of time with you today unpacking five reasons why the Holy Spirit is the greatest gift. The Holy Spirit is the greatest gift, and here are five reasons. John chapter 14, verses 16 through 17. We'll read it again. I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will what? Never leave you. Verse 17. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it, is looking, it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be with you. Reason number one why the Holy Spirit is the greatest gift is that within the Holy Spirit's embrace, God is forever present. By the power of the Holy Spirit, God is always with us. He will never leave us. He will never forsake us. Like a faithful friend or that pesky insect on your windshield that just won't come off. He will never leave you. That's the promise that Jesus gives the disciples. Jesus says, I'm going away for a little bit, but I'm sending someone to be there with you in my place who will never leave. And the Holy Spirit is the one who brings the presence of God. Jesus continues with the disciples, John chapter 14, verse 26. When the Father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything that I have told you. Reason number two why the Holy Spirit is the greatest gift, by the Spirit, we learn everything we need to know. You want to know something? Ask the Spirit. Our society today has trained us to Google it, right? Where a corporate company name has turned into a verb, just Google it. 
But if you want to know something about spirituality, about life, about what it means to live, about a habit, a lifestyle, whatever you're doing, if you want to know something about it, ask the Spirit. I was talking with someone last week that they were kind of in the valley of decision about a lifestyle change, and they were wondering my opinion. I said, I don't, it doesn't matter about my opinion. Have you asked God about it? What does God think about the decision that you're making? Ask him and he'll tell you. I think the beautiful thing about the spirit, that the spirit is a guide and a teacher. You want to know something about scripture? Ask the Holy Spirit. You're not understanding something in this word? Ask the Holy Spirit. And it's beautiful that a book authored by 40 people over 15 centuries with three languages across three continents somehow has some cohesive story to it. You want to know, I have a working theory as to why the Bible is the number one selling book of all time. You want to know why? Because the author of this book is available to you any time you open it. Take any of the great authors, list any number one of them. You open up their book and read it. All you have is the words on the page. But when you open up scripture and invite God to sit with you, the author of scripture sits down beside you. It's the only book in the entire world that that is true. Yesterday, today, and tomorrow, and forever. And by the way, there's no take a ticket in line because 300 other million people are trying to get access to the Holy Spirit. No, you and I both can sit down at the same time, open up God's word, and God will be with us both illuminating to our hearts and minds what is found in Scripture. Jesus continues, John 14, verse 27. I am leaving you with a what? A gift. We just came through from a season of gift giving, right? He says, I want to give you a gift. Peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. Jesus says, I've got a gift for you. I want to give you the best gift. The world can't give you this gift. Peace of mind and heart. How many of you want peace of mind or heart? Man, I I do too. Particularly coming into this new year where we're staring down the barrel of another year with even more unknowns. Jesus promises peace of mind and heart. What I love, reason number three why the Holy Spirit is the greatest gift. The Holy Spirit comes with a care plan. Peace of mind and heart. It's not like the care plan that you bought for that one thing that you got someone for Christmas, right? That's a care plan for the item. No, the item, the Holy Spirit, comes with a care plan for you. He wants to take care of your mind and your heart. And he wants you to be at peace. That's what the Holy Spirit provides. Paul Miller in A Praying Life says this, the Holy Spirit puts his finger on issues that only he can solve. That's where true peace is. On those things that are beyond our control, the Holy Spirit is able to touch and to identify and to do something about it. What comes to mind for me is that painting of a rock that's got storms going on all around it. There's lightning, there's rushing water and a waterfall. And there's just this little bird nestled in one of the clefts of the rock, peacefully taking care of the eggs that she's sitting on and almost looking like she's asleep, oblivious to what's going on around her. Because here's the thing about peace. 
the true peace that God brings to us through the power of the Holy Spirit is where our inside feelings don't participate in the outside storm. So that whatever is going on on the outside, we can have peace of mind and of heart. Jesus continues, John chapter 15, verse 26. But I will send you the advocate, the spirit of truth. He will come to you from the Father and he will testify all about me. The Holy Spirit is the most selfless being in the entire universe. Oh, okay. Yeah, Jesus was, right? He died for us and all of that. But the Holy Spirit, anytime you read about the Holy Spirit in scripture, the the Holy Spirit is always pointing humanity towards the Father and the Son. The Holy Spirit seeks no credit whatsoever because the Holy Spirit, reason number four, the, the Holy Spirit shows us Jesus. The entire purpose of the Holy Spirit is to point us towards Jesus, the Messiah, Jesus, the Savior, Jesus, the one who has died for us and has given us salvation. And the Holy Spirit is satisfied if his name is never mentioned, but if Jesus is lifted up. He comes in the gentle whisper and the still small voice, wanting you to embrace the presence of God. Dietrich Bonhoeffer puts it this way in the book, Cost of Discipleship. The certainty which the disciples enjoyed in their intercourse with Jesus was not lost after he left them. That's the fear, right? We don't have the same access to Jesus that the disciples did. But through the sending of the Spirit into the hearts of the believers, that certainty is not only perpetuated, but strengthened and increased. So intimate is the fellowship of the Spirit. That's the Holy Spirit. What we thought we might have lost with Jesus leaving, we have gained that and so much more. Finally, John 16, verse 7. In fact, it's best for you that I go away. Really, Jesus? It's good that you leave? Yeah. Because if I don't, the advocate won't come. If you do go away, then I will send him to you. Think about this for a moment. Jesus promises the disciples that the Holy Spirit is, is a marker of him fulfilling what he set out to do. Through his death, resurrection, and then being seated at the right hand of God, Jesus has fulfilled the plan of salvation. And what Jesus tells the disciples is that when you receive the Holy Spirit, you will know that the plan of salvation has been completed, that the Father has accepted my sacrifice and has welcomed me back into his presence in heaven. That's what the gift of the Holy Spirit is. And so for Jesus to say, it's good for you that I go away, it means that I fulfill the salvation that I set out to do and the Holy Spirit is the marker sent back to you to know that I've done it. Put another way, the Holy Spirit is the confirmation that Jesus fulfilled his promise. And when do we see in scripture that Jesus' promise was fulfilled? Pentecost, Acts chapter two which we'll be spending a significant time in in the coming weeks as we launch our new sermon series after the Elevate 10-year anniversary next week. The Holy Spirit is a confirmation that Jesus has fulfilled his promise. You receive the Holy Spirit. You sense God's presence. It is an assurance that salvation is yours through the blood of Jesus because the blood of Jesus has been accepted in the presence of the Father. Now, I don't know about you, but I think that's some pretty good news. Some good, good gospel. 
Bruce Milne in his commentary on John says, the ministry of the Spirit is accordingly not a vague impartation of spiritual energy, but the specific ministry of proclaiming and applying to the disciple community the triumphant process of Jesus through death and resurrection to the right hand of the Father. The ministry of the Spirit is the unleashing of the powers of the promised kingdom of God in the world. And you and I have the opportunity to participate in that coming kingdom. Jesus will go on to tell his disciples about the role of the Holy Spirit. John chapter 16, verses 8 through 15. He tells them when he comes, he will do one of three things. The first, convict the world of its sin. Have you ever been convicted of sin? The Holy Spirit is present in your life, but the Holy Spirit doesn't stop there. The Holy Spirit brings conviction of sin, but also a conviction of God's righteousness. And isn't that beautiful? We think of like, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to clean up those areas. I don't want to know. I don't want to do this. No, what the Holy Spirit does is show us that we need help and where help can be received. That we have fallen sinful people and that we can have access to the righteousness of God. And he also declares about the judgment to come, the one at the end of time. Jesus continues in John chapter 16. The world's sin is that it refuses to believe in me. Righteousness is available because I go to the Father and you will see me no more. Judgment will come because the ruler of this world has already been judged. There is so much more I want to tell you, but you can't bear it now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak of his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. He will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Holy Spirit will tell you whatever he receives from me. The role of the Holy Spirit is to show us where we fit into the good gospel plan, that we have an incredible need, and through the power of the Spirit, we are introduced to the one who can provide for that need. I couldn't stop at five, so I've got a bonus reason for you this morning that the Holy Spirit is the greatest gift, and that's the Holy Spirit is a gospel guide. He is the one who walks us through a realization that we need help, and then a bringing us to the person who can provide that help. That's a good gospel guide. Dietrich Bonhoeffer again, thus the gift of Jesus gave to his disciples is just as available for us as it was to them. Amen? In fact, it's even more readily available for us now than that he has left the world because we know that he is glorified and because the Holy Spirit is with us. We get to use the gift freely. It's the gift of the Holy Spirit, the greatest gift that we could possibly receive. Reason number one, within the Spirit's embrace, God is forever present. Reason number two, by the Spirit, we learn everything we need to. Reason number three, the Holy Spirit comes with a care plan, peace of mind and heart. Reason number four, the Holy Spirit shows us Jesus. Reason number five, the Holy Spirit is the confirmation that Jesus fulfilled his promise. And that bonus reason, Holy Spirit is going to be a good gospel guide. So, why was a tire iron the greatest gift or one of the greatest gifts I could have received? 
Well, fast forward 12 years from 2011 to last week. Family and I are headed back from the beach. We vacationed down in Corpus Christi, Port Aransas, Mustang Island. Beautiful beach. It was warm and it was wonderful. We're towing our parents' travel trailer. And well, I, I think a picture is worth a thousand words. We'll just go ahead and put this up on the screen. Yeah, sidewall blowout, if I've ever seen one. We're about two hours away from Keene. Micah had been napping and I was just thinking to myself, if he can nap one more hour, we can make it. And then the vibrations in the truck change. And I was like, that's weird. Let me check my mirrors. Left, nothing, right, just smoke, white smoke. Like, ah, we've blown a tire. So we pull off on the side of the road. I hop out, come around to the trailer, and this is what I find. And you know what I reach for? The greatest gift I've received. Because it was given to me, the need was provided for before the necessity arose. That I had it in hand, that when the tire blew out, I was able to change the tire, put on the spare, and we made it back to Keene. The greatest gift is a need met before necessity arises. And that's the thing about the Holy Spirit is that God has given us the Holy Spirit before we even knew we needed him. So I'll invite you today. Receive a great gift.